Apostasy is a nasty word. Counter to modern interpretations, it's not atheism. It is the enemy of righteous beliefs. It is an ultimate sin that sends people to hell. Apostasy is not describing people who reject Christianity or even deny the truth of the gospel of Jesus. On the other hand, apostasy, or falling away, has a more streamlined agenda. It describes followers of Christ, fake Christians, by intentionally turning their backs on Christ, resulting in denying God, Christ, the Second Coming, faith in Jesus, absolutes of God's Word, being separate from worldly friends, victory in Christ, and the absolute morals depicted in the Word of God. The truth is, all those who get sucked into apostasy are not authentic indwelt Christians. It is the proof of the Holy Spirit does not reside in the believer to provide immediate discernment of a lie versus truth. Keep in mind that an unbeliever does not fall into apostasy category. This particular ideation only applies to those who confessed belief in Jesus' life, his absolutes, and then turn their back on the basics of the organic gospel. Their conversion was based on guilt, fear, or pressure to pray the sinner's prayer. After the guilt and fear have passed, they re-examine their decision using an unsaved mindset. Of course, this results in deconstructing their faith. Overall, the apostasy includes the masses that follow the principles of Christ while never receiving the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. The manipulated conversion soon converts to a deconstructing of the life and beliefs of Jesus, resulting in rejecting Christ. Self-effort followers always lose in the end. Another significant fact. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says... Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you not be quickly shaken from the composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. The passage clearly warns us of several things. 
Not to be shaken in your beliefs? Don't lose your composure by temptations of disturbing spirits, messages, or writings from others who do not teach and preach from God's absolute word. In addition, the day of the Lord will not come unless the apostasy comes first. The apostasy is what reveals a lawless society, the man of lawlessness, Satan. Who forces the apostasy victims to dump or deconstruct beliefs in Jesus to shift their loyalty to the Antichrist? The motive of Satan propagating the apostasy is showing the motive of the one behind such a movement. When will this apostasy occur? Folks, we are in it. In believing the apostasy is upon us, we can safely project the rapture is right around the corner. Once Jesus has separated the goats from the sheep, well, it'll be finished, and the rapture will ensue. Welcome to number 15, The Handwriting Interpreted. It takes a revelation of God to interpret the handwriting of God. The phrase, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Farsen, is not only Hebrew, it is pictorial Hebrew, which few Jews understood, let alone the wise men of the Babylonians. However, Daniel understood the primitive language of the Hebrew people. It didn't require vision or dream on Daniel's part to conduct an interpretation. In fact, the Babylonians were unacquainted with the word picture symbols. But they were also mystified to understand the meaning. Daniel was qualified to interpret organic Hebrew without difficulty or delay. The likely reason is he read from ancient Hebrew in his private studies. Now, Belshazzar was detached from the Hebrew God who purposefully rebuked and humbled Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar's father. The kingdom formed under Belshazzar, the whole of his region, and now in a position of ignorance and refusal to follow the legacy of Nebuchadnezzar, and thus has committed an act of contempt by profaning the sacred vessels of the Jewish temple. The contentious act put God in a place of keeping his promise that of all those who merely touched the vessels must be put to death. Let's review our scriptures. Of course, you need to continue to study chapter 5, but today we will focus on verses 24 through 28. And it says, Then the hand was sent from him, and this inscription was written out. Now this is the inscription that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Farsin. This is the interpretation of the message. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and put an end to it. 
To Cal, you have been weighed on the scales and found deficient. Praz, your kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and the Persians. Now let's look at the bullet points of interpretation. Then Daniel was brought before the king. It is clear that Daniel had faded into obscurity after Nebuchadnezzar died. It also confirms that the queen or queen mother still knew Daniel. I support that it was the queen mother versus the wife of Belshazzar because the queen mother would have been Nebuchadnezzar's wife, Belshazzar's mother. She would clearly remember the happenings between her husband, Daniel, and the living God. Here are a few bullet points to remember. Daniel is introduced to Belshazzar. Then the king thinks the spirit of the gods is in Daniel. The conjurers were unable to read the writings. The king challenges Daniel to translate the Hebrew writing. Then Daniel tells the king to keep his rewards. And then on to Daniel exalts the king's position. Daniel reveals the consequences of the king's father's pride. And then on to warnings are given to Belshazzar for his lack of humility. Daniel gave the reasons why God wrote on the wall. And then finally, Daniel interprets the writing on the wall. Taking a look at no fear, only faithfulness. As far as we can extract from the word of God, Daniel did not suffer from the sin of fear of men. His fear was directed toward God. This was evident as he faithfully maintained his loyalty to the words of God while translating and interpreting the handwriting on the wall. The fact is, to deliver messages directly from God, the prophet must fear no one except God. Say it as God spoke it and deliver the message no matter the cost of doing so. As with all prophets of the Lord, 100% obedience to delivering God's message is essential. This was not a pleasant task for Daniel. He certainly knew that God's judgment on Belshazzar would be enacted within hours. Daniel also knew that the king's eternal destination was none other than damnation in hell. Since Daniel was a man of compassion, this task must have been grievous to him. Scriptures never note that Daniel took pleasure in delivering horrific news from the Lord. Now we got to look at the interpretation. God is always focused. He manifests himself again to reveal that he is the true God the God of the Hebrews, purposed to make known his position and remind emperors that he is the superior over all humanity. Secondly, God reiterated that he only honors the beliefs of his own design. 
He reveals his objective of connecting humanity to his designing beliefs. Furthermore, God intends to command all nations and religions to bow at his throne, and that he will go to any measure to produce such loyalty, as was the case with Belshazzar's father, Nebuchadnezzar. Finally, since emperors find it pleasurable to glorify themselves, God's divine intention was to honor Daniel to represent God in human form, the role Daniel fulfilled with the utmost integrity. Please keep in mind in Hebrew a key to understanding the interpretation. In pictorial Hebrew, each single word encompasses full phrases or sentences in the ancient Hebrew language. Here are the basics of these words. Mine signifies numeration. The phrase from the scripture is, God has numbered your kingdom and put an end to it. And then tekel signifies weighing. The phrase from the scripture is, you have been weighed on the scales and found deficient. Finally, Perez or Farsin signifies division. The phrase from the scripture is, your kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and Persians. Now directly after the interpretation, King Belshazzar knew his days were over. He then orders his nobles to give Daniel the third highest position in Babylon. Moments later, Belshazzar was slain by the king of the Chaldeans, resulting in Darius the Mede to receive the vast lands of Babylon at the age of 62. Now let's review prophecy fulfilled. Looking back on Nebuchadnezzar's first dream, the head of the statue represented the kings of Babylon. Belshazzar was the last. God removing this king finished the Babylonian Empire, and it has never returned since that day. The next section of the statue was the global rule of the Medo or Medes and Persians. This is where our story picks up. If you remember from earlier teachings, the statue revealed in Nebuchadnezzar's dream included the destruction of five empires, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, pagan Rome, and the final rule of the Antichrist. At this point in our series, the head of the statue, Babylon, has been terminated and fulfilled in this prophecy. We move on to Darius, the king of Medo-Persians' empire, maintaining its power until 331 BC. Darius is the king of the empires of the times of the Gentiles. Right around this time, the Greek empire comes into global power under the authorship of Alexander the Great. As history reveals, the Roman Empire consumes the Greek Empire under the system of the Caesars. As we know, Rome fell in 395 
AD. There has been no single global empire that has ruled the world since the fall of Rome. The reason? It takes time to develop the fulfillment of the ten toes of the statue, which are the ten kings spoken of in Revelation's book. In conclusion, while Nebuchadnezzar found redemption, Belshazzar did not. The same is the case in the continuous history of today. Many wicked men and women who are haters of God are elected to find God. However, since God knows beforehand who rejects the loving and compassionate invite of redemption, most go to hell. God's election process is not selective according to the rationale of humanity. Rather, it is in the ability God has in seeing into the future, identifying those who have hard hearts and refuse his loving offer. Belshazzar was one of these victims. Coming up next, number 16, Daniel in the lion's den. Can you imagine starving lions for seven days, tossing a man into their den, and the next morning walking out of the den untouched by these feasting beasts. Honestly, it is impossible to escape such conditions. Daniel did. This is why it is noted in biblical history as one of the greatest miracles performed by God. Our next episode is filled with plots, betrayal, and deception at its worst. Daniel was almost 90 years old when tossed into the lion's den. The position he held in Darius's kingdom was chief of the Medo-Persian rulers. He had the complete trust of the king, although the other supervising rulers were jealous and outraged over the king's favor with Daniel. So what did they do? They formed an evil plot to have Daniel's life ended. Lies, lies, and more lies were pursued, which resulted in Daniel being tossed into the lion's den. As expected, though, the plan backfires. We hope you join us as we unfold one more of the more infamous stories in history. This single story displayed God's majestic saving hand. Another added piece of history, this story was recorded in many secular history books, which reaffirmed its authenticity. Thank you for joining us today. We're looking forward to our next episode as we unfold the miraculous work of God and delivering Daniel from the lion's den. And we certainly hope that you will be joining us. Until next time, 